0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast.
1: You gotta light them up before they burn it down.
0: Oh, burn it down Save us
1: all.
0: Before they burn it down This episode of the Steadfast and Law Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Click learn more below right now to activate your United States Concealed Carry Association membership. The United States Concealed Carry Association helps responsibly armed Americans like you prepare for the before, during, and after of a self-defense incident. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, it's risk-free with their money-back bulletproof guarantee. Click learn more right now to explore membership. Don't wait until it's too late. Click learn more now. And as always, the United States Concealed Care Association is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. The person that I'm about to talk to is near and dear to my heart. It was 20 years ago when I came back from Iraq. The very first interview I had was with this gentleman who really championed my case as a battalion commander who took an action to protect his men in combat, and that is Mr. Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly was born in Manhattan and raised on Long Island. He started his on-air career in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and then moved on to local reporting and anchoring stints in other cities, including Dallas, Boston, and New York. He took on network reporting responsibilities with CBS and ABC News and then was named host of the first version of the nationally syndicated Inside Edition. He arrived at Fox News in 1996. Along the way, he's won many journalism awards, including two Emmys. During its 11 years on the air, The O'Reilly Factor developed a unique brand of news analysis and investigative reporting, and the no-spin zone is sought out and appreciated by millions online at BillOReilly.com and on more than 400 stations. The show is one of the most successful radio franchises in the nation. And also, I'd just like to let everyone know about his uh, most recent book from just last year, Killing the Killers. And this is The Secret War Against Terrorists. Bill O'Reilly, sir, thank you so very much for joining me here at the steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Good to see you, Alan. I'm glad you're doing well. Yes, sir. Couldn't be any better. Okay, the elephant in the room, without a doubt, is what's happening at, at Fox News, because You know, my wife is a market analyst and she is a wealth management advisor. And we saw close to a $1 billion market uh, value loss at Fox News yesterday because of this news about Tucker Carlson leaving. What's your assessment? What's your analysis? Can Fox News overcome this decision that was made?
1: Well, Fox News is not what it was when I left six years ago. Ironically, it's almost to the uh, week where Tucker Carlson left, and six years prior, I I had left. Mm-hmm. Um, the corporation is uh, successful, but its stock prices doesn't really reflect that. Um, I don't know why. Uh, your wife would probably be better um, <laughs> to analyze that than me. But certainly, if you take a piece off the board, uh, like an O'Reilly or a Tucker Carlson, um, you're going to decline. So. For almost three years after I left, Tucker Carlson's ratings were a million, a million two below what I delivered on The Factor. Then he decided to go a different way in his commentary to become a little bit more um, poised to the right. And then he recovered uh, some, of those, uh, some of those viewers uh, and wound up the second highest rated show on Fox News next to the five. So he was very successful and he was uh, the most flamboyant and outspoken of all the Fox commentators, got the most attention off camera. So they don't have anybody to replace him over there at eight o'clock and eight o'clock is the key spot for prime time. So I, I expect that they will lose some audience. They'll recover a little bit, Alan, in the campaign of 224, the presidential campaign. But the trend for all television news, networks and cable is down and has been for a year or so.
0: What do you attribute that to? Because, I mean, we see CNN struggling. I mean, I don't know who really watches MSNBC. What do you see, you know, with the the lack of paying attention to cable news? And, of course, we now see others, you know, Newsmax, OAN, uh, Real America's Voice, other conservative media outlets stepping up to try to fill a gap. Well, the talent that Tucker
1: Carlson has is that nobody really knew what he was going to say that night Mm -hmm. and I had the same thing you would tune into the factor and well what is O'Reilly going to think we don't know um, because uh, he doesn't do the ideological thing. Uh, Carlson was more of a provocateur and he would find uh, news stories that were unsettling to conservatives and then go in and analyze them in a unique way. So people wanted to hear what he had to say, and that's what made him successful. The rest of television news, and there are a few exceptions, but it's fairly predictable, Alan. And now the industry is uh, in cable, 25 years old. Uh, I was there when it began. And when you tune in MSNBC, you know what they're going to do. You know, you can, you can almost say what their commentators are going to say. CNN has totally collapsed because of the hate Trump stuff that they tried to foist upon a nation. And Fox is on the way down because they're not looking out for their audience as much as they used to. They want to play it cautious. And you've got to be daring if you want to really hit it big. And daring is not what's going on in television news.
0: Well, I tell you what, you just hit on two points that were really your theme. Number one, it was the no spin zone. There was no joking around. And I knew when I came on with you, Bill O'Reilly, that you would cut me off at the kneecaps if I was mealy-mouthing around. You wanted to hear the truth, you wanted to hear facts. And the other thing was that you were looking out for the people. You were looking out for the American culture, the American society, and you just wanted to present that truth. And I think that's what's lacking a lot, that sincerity in, in journalism that you brought to the table. And with that being said, we just had President Joe Biden make his announcement today, a, a three-minute video, which uh, I don't know if he was awake when the video was, uh, was running. <laughs> but... You have had some incredible interviews with, I'll never forget your Barack Obama interview during the Super Bowl. How do we get to this point where leftism, these, these policies, have taken such a, a, a root, a foothold in the United States of America, and they are failing policies. People aren't looking out for the American people right now. They're suffering.
1: Outside of the big urban centers like New York, LA, Chicago, Um, most Americans are traditional, they're not far-left kooks, but the media has embraced the progressive movement and puts it forth. So Joe Biden is a bad president, the second-worst president in my estimation, and I'm a historian, that we've ever had next to James Buchanan, who uh, pretty much lit the fuse on the Civil War and handed it off to Abraham Lincoln. Um, But Biden himself is... um, his mental acuity is low he can't speak i don't think he can process information very well they hide him from the press his policies are disastrous i mean the border inflation foreign policy it's it's all not going well and american people know it alan you can just see the polls favorability rating is at 38 to 41 percent. i mean that's terrible for a sitting president after two years terrible but The reason that this has happened is because of Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is a populist, not a Republican. I agree. He doesn't care about the party. Uh, He doesn't know what the party really is, essentially. He's a problem solver. And Trump got in and did a fairly good job, if you're an objective person, as I am, in solving some of the problems. Like the border, he kept inflation low. Putin and Xi didn't get out of control overseas. He governed pretty well because it was deal after deal after deal after deal. And Trump knows how to do that. Once Trump left, once the voters said no, because we don't like your style, the mm-hmm. substance really didn't matter. It was all about Trump's style. And people voted against Trump rather than for Joe Biden. If a ah, guy Biden career politician, how much harm can he do? Well, he's done a lot. Yes. Because he allowed the far left to basically hold him hostage to this day. And he's doing their bidding. If you watch the No Spin News on BillOReilly.com, which is my television broadcast, I lay it out very clearly that Joe Biden has offered no resistance to things like abortion for any reason at any time. I mean, that used to be a radical point of view for things like destroying the fossil fuel industry in the hope that wind and solar can take it over, which is ridiculous, it's not gonna happen. So we're in this this far left kind of haze, which the media drives, primarily because Donald Trump is so larger than life and bombastic that Americans have kind of thrown out the common sense factor And either support him like the MAGA people, no matter what he does, or hate him to the extent that they'll vote for an
0: incompetent like Joe Biden. Well, it's an interesting point, because if we have a rematch of Trump and Biden, what is the strategy then for the Democrats? Can they continue to say vote against this instead of saying vote for us? I mean, will the the style versus substance cause the American people once again to lose their minds? What's your thoughts on that?
1: Well, number one, I don't think Biden's going to run, even though he announced that he is, because I think it's going to get a lot worse for Joe Biden in the mental area. Now, that is speculation, mm-hmm. all right? But I'm a pretty good observer of the human condition, and my mother did have mental problems at the end of her life, and I saw it firsthand. And I'm seeing a lot of similarities with Joe Biden. The Democrats have to run him because they have nobody else. Kamala Harris is a disaster. Newsom in California, Americans are not going to vote for Gavin Newsom. All right. He's way out there. Um, so Biden will run on basically telling Americans falsehoods. He's doing it now. Economy's great. No, it's not. But he sa- he will say it is. All right. He'll say it's great. No problem at the border. It's not a crisis. We got it under control. They actually say that. million foreign nationals in here when they shouldn't be under Biden's watch. Nevertheless, there's Biden going, ah, there's no problem down there. Fentanyl deaths, ah, nah, not a problem. Not a problem. See, whatever it is in front of the American people, Biden will deny it, and the media will allow him to do it without scrutiny. So the Democrats know that. They'll keep Biden away. He's not going to do many interviews, um, you know. And it's—I am a little depressed that the American people aren't rising up against this madness because it is political madness. I understand why you might not like Donald Trump. I got it, and I know him for more than thirty years. I wrote, I think, the best book on him, *The United States of Trump*. And in our conversations, I say, "Run on your record. Stop the feuding." You know, this back and forth with DeSantis doesn't do you any good. You're way ahead in the polls. Why are you gonna? Why are you doing that? All right? If you could put DeSantis on the number two ticket, you'd win. You'd be back in the Oval Office. But now they're, you know, fighting. It's crazy. So anyway, politics is really uh, hurtling out of control. Alan, <laughs> I, I don't know where it's going to
0: end. If you could get into the A room locked in with, you know, former President Trump. If you could get inside his head, what are the two golden nuggets you would say to him right now?
1: Well, I don't have to lock him in a room. I had dinner with him three weeks ago at Lago for (laughs) two hours. Just me and him. Just us. And I'm not going to tell you what I said. It was a private conversation. And I'm not an intrusive guy. I don't don't go storming in there going, you want to do this, you want to do that. That's not what I do. I mean, I have interviewed seven presidents Yes, and you know, you have to respect the office. And so if he asks me a question, I answer it honestly. And my hypothesis to him is run on your record. Do what Winston Churchill did. The British people threw Churchill out of office two months after Hitler was uh, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Churchill was gone, but Churchill hung tough and he got reelected pm over there prime minister i said study him study what he did keep it in the policy range but i don't think donald trump wants to do that it's too boring he wants to he likes the action every day all right That's well it's where interesting
0: we are. it's interesting as i close you bring up uh, sir winston churchill cuz he once said that you can trust the american people to eventually do what is right after they've tried everything else and hopefully the American people have put their hand on the hot stove of socialism and progressivism, and they realize that they got burned. Mr. O'Reilly, how can people follow you? How can people make sure they're tuning in to your, your program every day?
1: Well, we're all over the place. Uh, our nexus is BillOReilly.com. Um, Last night, we got 700 new premium members because of the Tucker Carlson thing. Um, And basically what that is, is a independent news service, Alan, Mm -hmm. where you you buy a membership. We keep the price very low and we give you a free book and we give you perks all year. But you'll get the straight story from me, as you know, no spin news, no spin zone. So that's number one. Uh, I'll have a new book out in September, Killing the Witches, the Horror of Salem, Massachusetts, it goes into uh, religion in America and all of that, our founders. Um, we have 12 killing books on the market now, 19 million copies in print, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. People can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble and Bill pick up some of those books. If you need some summer reading, there you go. Yeah. So. We are uh, rolling here. We have been doing very well uh, independently, and I appreciate you having me on your fine program and mentioning all of this.
0: Well, thank you so very much. And again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for championing my case when I was a battalion commander over in Iraq and having me on 20 years ago uh, back in 2003. So Bill O'Reilly, thank you. Godspeed and God bless you. Okay, Alan, thanks for having me in. Yes, sir. Thank you so very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Special thanks go out to Mr. Bill O'Reilly for taking time out of an incredibly busy schedule to be with us. And as always, if you like this podcast, please click that like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before
1: they burn it down.